today and in these days, we are talking about following Jesus. Now, what better thing could we talk about? I don't know of anything better. So I will continue with that. Now, we're the title of the sermon today, as you see, is Being Disciples, Making Disciples. Well, we're just going to do half of it today. Uh, as I looked at all this, I thought, no... We've got to spend some time on being disciples, and then we're going to talk about making disciples next week. But the main thing we're going to talk about is what Jesus says to us. And I'm going to ask you to pray, to think, to listen to him much, 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 much more. I hope you always do this. Listen to him much more than you listen to me. Uh, I'm just going to remind you of what he says to you and me. And that's what we need to focus on. And so, last week, we started with the passage of Scripture that we're going to emphasize to begin with today. And we do call it it the, the Great Commission. It is the marching orders. Now, marching orders are given to whom? The troops, thank you, you get the gold star. (laughs) The troops, the warriors, now that is what we are and are to be because we are, unfortunately, we are realistically at war. And we've already declared the victory, we're just working it out. At least Jesus has declared the victory. But the Great Commission is absolutely the mission of the church, the Church of Jesus Christ. It is the marching orders for the warriors, for the troops, and you and I are to take it absolutely seriously. I say that with a little bit of uh, lilt in my voice there because sometimes I don't take things totally seriously. Now, you'll have to confess whatever you do or don't do with the Lord. But I move through life real quickly sometimes. Now, I am accused occasionally of driving a little too fast. Now, I don't drive fast coming up South Plaza Trail. Okay? Forty years ago, I got my first citation on South Plaza Trail. (laughs) And so as I come up from my townhouse and out around... Uh, Mount Trashmore, I'm very, very careful to drive no faster than 30. And I pray they give me five miles. <laughs> but quickly sometimes in my mind, quickly in my activities, quickly. And sometimes quickly is really good. But sometimes quickly is not so good. So sometimes I take things a little too quickly. And so I don't want to take this too quickly today. And I don't want you to because... What we're going to look at for the next 30 minutes or so is the words of Jesus Christ and a couple of passages of scriptures about him, but totally focused on what he wants to say to you and me today. So, and I'm holding my book here because I'm going to read. Now, I love to quote scripture, and fortunately, God's given me some bit of a memory And so I can, and I love to tell stories, as I've said before. 
But I want very much for you and me to hear Jesus Christ. That's the main purpose for today, and to hear what he says and to hear what he commands. So he said to his disciples just before he left, he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Now, we talked about that last week. And that is the first command. Therefore, go and then make disciples. That's the second of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son. Baptizing is, is the next command. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teaching them. That's the next command. Do you understand? These are all commands. Therefore, go. Make, uh, baptize, teach. They're all commands, and we're going to talk a great deal about the commands of Jesus Christ. And so teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, there it is, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, everybody in the room probably knows that passage of Scripture. But again, I want it to sink in. Remember, I believe in repetition. Now, why do I believe in repetition? Because I'm kind of dense. It doesn't get through sometimes. And guess what? You're kind of dense also. And I don't mean that as an insult. That's just a fact of life. And if you read Scripture and if you study Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, how many times are some of the same things over and over and over written down and said to you and me through Scripture? That's because we are in the process of learning, and we need the repetition. And so today, we're going to spend some time in repetition, unapologetically. I'm not apologizing for it a drop, because you and I need the repetition and the reality of what this says. So here, Jesus Christ is saying he has the authority, and he's going to command you and me to do what we need to do. Now, we are moving toward making disciples. As I said, we're going to talk about that more next week. But it occurs to me, and I think you would agree with me, that the only way that you and I can make disciples is that first we are disciples. Wouldn't it be ridiculous for me to go out and teach somebody how to work on a car? <laughs> I'm not a mechanic, so I can't teach anybody. But I can teach you and teach me through God's Word how to be a, a disciple and therefore to make disciples. So today, we're going to talk about you. We're going to talk about me. We're going to talk about what Jesus says to you and me as we are becoming and supposed to be, every one of us, please, every one of us, are supposed to be a disciple. And so, therefore, we're going to talk about what you and I have to do. Now, what I'm about to do right now is a little difficult for me because I trust that every person sitting in this room is an absolute committed Christian. I hope that's why you're here. I hope that's what you live in your life. I know that that's what's a part of King's Grand Baptist Church. 
But what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to state and read a scripture and share a scripture that is the very foundation of being a disciple. In fact, obviously, if you don't have this foundation, you're not going to be a disciple. Because this is a statement of absolute commitment and being saved and believing in and accepting Jesus Christ into your life. Now, part of why I do this is because if there's one person in this room that does not know Jesus Christ, then I want you to hear what this scripture says and what I say about it. Now, if there's also anybody in this room that has a question about your salvation, if you're not sure, now all of us have doubts, listen carefully, all of us struggle sometimes with our, with our ideas and our thoughts and our beliefs, I'm not talking about that, but I'm talk, talking about something where you come to church and you're just uncomfortable with the whole concept of believing in Jesus Christ. Or you go to bed at night and you lay there and toss and turn because you're not sure if you're going to heaven. If you're not sure, then listen carefully to this passage of scripture that I'm about to read to you. And then if you're still not sure, then you make sure you come and talk to me or to Pastor Scott. Because I have known people, and I've said this before, I've known very committed people as they appear who they move them down the road of their Christian life and then they suddenly discover that they're not a real committed believer, that they've not had a real experience personally with Jesus Christ. I don't want that to be the case for anybody in this church. And so I'm trusting. This is not me trying to scare anybody. I'm trusting that everybody in here is a committed believer in Jesus Christ. But if you're not, then please very, listen very carefully. And then also you please listen very carefully because when you get to the point next week of making disciples, going out and sharing the word and helping people to be saved, which is necessary for those others to be made into disciples, this passage from Romans the chapter, chapter 10 is where it's located if you want to look at it. And it's Romans 10. 9 through 13, but listen carefully. It says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Let me read that again. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord. Now, Lord means master, means guiding your life, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. Great word. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame for there is no difference between anyone. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So, Obviously, when we're talking about being disciples, that is the first step. And so for you, for me, we've got to have security and definiteness in our salvation for us to be a disciple. And then we will talk more about that next week on being disciples. So what is a disciple? Just think about that for a second. 
How would you define a disciple? I'm just asking you to mull that over in your mind. Is a disciple a student learning? Yes. But that's not enough. Remember, we're to be warriors. We're to be about the fight. We're to be about the work. So yes, we are to learn. Yes, we are to follow scripture. Yes, we are to learn more and build in our Christian maturity. It's called sanctification. And yet, a disciple is somebody that takes action on what Jesus is saying to us. Now, please remember, and I've said this before, and I will say it over and over and over, the Christian faith is not a spectator sport. You understand what I'm saying? Now, if y'all are sitting here kind of spectating on Dr. Don sitting up here, I'm sorry, I want you to be anticipating what Jesus is going to say to you about what you need to act on. Because we're not supposed to just be spectators. We're supposed to be servants, workers, moving about doing what we're supposed to do. So please understand that a disciple is somebody that acts on what he or she learns. Now, beyond that, a disciple is to follow the master and to become more and more like the Master. So what does that mean? That means that you're to follow Jesus' commands so that you can grow and be more of a man or woman in His Spirit, more like Him. And that's part of what we're talking about today. So, there's a passage of Scripture in 1 John, the second chapter. It's kind of an obscure passage. Most of these passages that I'm going to talk about today are fairly well known. But this passage over in 1 John 2nd chapter, verses 3 through 6, is kind of obscure. People don't talk about it a great deal. But it says something very powerful to what we're talking about today. And so listen very carefully or read along in your own scriptures, 1 John 2nd chapter, verse 3 through 6. It says, we know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. Now, I'm going to stop there for a moment. Think back for the last few weeks. We've talked about knowing Jesus and Jesus knowing us. Well, here's the knowing again. Remember the passage back over in, in uh, the 7th chapter of uh, Matthew. I'm going to look at it for a moment. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me. Now, Remember, we said, and I will continue to say, that's a horrific thought. But then we understood that we are his sheep, and Jesus tells us that he knows us if we are his sheep. Now, this passage in 1 John 2 is saying we know that we have come to know him. How? How do we know that? 
if we obey his commands. Now that word commands is very, very important. In fact, I ask you to think carefully about that because we're going to talk about that more in a minute. So we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. Now, that's not what I'm saying. That's what scripture saying. If you're saying, yes, I know him, I know Jesus, I believe in Jesus, I want to be a Christian, I am a Christian, but you don't do what he says, scripture says he or she therefore is a liar and the truth is not in them. But if anyone obeys the word, God's love is truly made complete in him or her. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Now I'm going to read that sentence again. I want you to think about that. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Now that's a big order, folks. Now how in the world do you do that? Because you're a sinner, I'm a sinner, you're weak, I'm weak. You fail, I fail. And it says we're supposed to walk as Jesus did. Well, go back to what he said in the Great Commission. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Therefore, go. There's your answer. If you want to do this whole servanthood, if you want to do this whole business of Christian life in your own ability, you're going to fall flat on your face. And so would I. But if we put it into the power of Jesus Christ and we put it into the word, the power that comes from his word, then we move forward and then we can walk as Jesus did. But we must follow commands. Now, how do you feel about following commands? How do you feel about when somebody tells you what to do. <laughs> I see these heads going like this all around. Well, that's part of our human nature. Do you agree with that? We, it's called resistance. I'm being a psychologist right now, but it's called resistance. And it is part of our flawed nature. We don't want anybody telling us what to do. And scripture is telling us what to do. And Jesus is telling us what to do. And it says here that we are to follow his commands. And we're going to talk about, and I'm going to share with you and ask you to do some digesting and some meditation in just a moment on several of his commands. Now, Jesus Christ, all through the New Testament, commanded, 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 and then he commanded some more. And so please understand that, again, the only way that we can respond to that in proper nature is to get outside of ourselves, to get outside of our sinfulness, to get outside of our resistance. Now, he will help us with that, but we are to follow his commands. Now, you believe many of his commands. Maybe you believe all of his commands. I hope so. I hope I do. But do we act on them? Remember, this is not a spectator sport. You can believe and think about them, and you can even sit back and hear them preached or taught in your Sunday school classes 
And you can say, yes, that is really a good thought. That's really a good command. That's what is needed. But do you act on them? Do I act on them? That is the question that we've got before us today. Now, when we go through these commands in just a moment, I am going to beg you to examine yourself with integrity. Now, what does that mean? I can't examine you. That's between you and the Lord. But I'm asking you to examine yourself with integrity. That means with absolute truthfulness, honesty, and openness related to what you are, who you are, what you do or don't do as a man or a woman. Yes, this is tough business. It's stuff that we don't even really like to do sometimes. But because it is Scripture, because it is foundation, and again, it is part of you and me being a disciple of Jesus Christ, an active, committed follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I am going to ask you to examine yourself with integrity. And that's a great word. Something we all need and something we all need to strive for. Now, for us to do that, again, we've got to go back to the foundation and the power of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit in our lives for us to examine ourselves. And in just a moment, I'm going to share with you seven commands that you're very familiar with. There are seven commands that we've talked about a great deal here in the last few weeks. So this is nothing new, but remember repetition is very important. And as we talk about these things, I'm asking you to examine yourself with integrity. But before we do that, I want us to have a time of prayer right now. Uh, And then we will move toward these commands that I ask you to think about. So please just join me in prayer and be silent. Bow your heads and close your eyes. And I'm not going to say a word for a couple of minutes. I want you to pray and think about what I've just got through saying, and then we're going to move forward. Let's pray, please. Jesus, we come before you. We come before you thankfully, humbly, seeking you and committing to you that we want to follow your commands. But we confess... All of us confess that we fall short. Now, thank you for loving us even when we fall short. Thank you that you've saved us even when we fall short. Thank you for dismissing and forgiving us of our sins even when we fall short. Even when we don't do it the way we know to do it. We don't do it the way you ask us to do it. And so we confess to you. And we confess that we are sinners. And we ask for your forgiveness. And now, Lord, we ask that you help each person in this room, myself and everybody else, to focus, to think, to examine ourselves, and mainly to hear your words. Because we're about to read what you say to us Yes, you said it 2,000 years ago, and you said it to, the, to your other disciples, and you said it to the people that were around. But you are saying these same words 
to us right here in this place, here on this day. And so I pray earnestly that as we read these words, these beautiful statements from you in Scripture, that we will listen to you. Yes, I will read them. Yes, it will be my voice. But I pray earnestly that in everybody in the room, that the spirit, the absolute fact, the truth will be that this is Jesus Christ speaking to me and speaking to these people with the commands for discipleship, for us to be the followers and the action people of discipleship for you and for this church and for absolutely your kingdom. We commit ourselves to that, Lord. Thank you for your care and blessings. And we pray in your wonderful name. Amen. Now, as I said, please just listen and think about what Jesus says to you. This first statement comes... Very powerful statement when he's challenged by the Pharisee. And the Pharisee says, Master, what is the greatest commandment? And this is what Jesus says to you and to me. You are to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Now, I know you know that passage. But it is, is it a part of your behavior? Is it a part, are you actively seeking to love the Lord? Are you actively seeking to love yourself in a godly way? Are you actively seeking to love your neighbor? Actively taking action on what Jesus has said there. This is what Jesus said. That is the greatest commandment. Love the Lord with all you got and love your neighbor as yourself. Please think about that for just a moment. And now, the night before he was crucified, he's sitting with his disciples. He has washed their feet. He is warning them. He's teaching them in the very last moments of his earthly life. And he says, listen carefully because he says it to you and to me. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Now stop right there and let that sink in for a moment. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Remember what he's going to do the next day. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. What is that saying? All men, everybody will know that you're my disciples if. That's a huge word. If you love one another. If you don't love one another, if you fight, if you treat each other with animosity, are people going to know that we are Jesus' disciples? If you love one another, then people will know that you're my disciples. 
That's what Jesus says, not, not me. Think about that, please. And then this statement from Sermon on the Mount. And it is a command. Jesus teaches and says, Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Let your light shine where? Before men and women, before people. Why? So that they will see and they will be able to praise the Father in heaven. Remember, this is action. And then we're disciples. The next statement. And let me say a word about this. A lot of people call this the golden rule. I'm not in favor of that. I don't know if you've ever looked up and studied a little bit about the golden rule. It is in the seventh chapter of Matthew, yes. It is part of Jesus' commands to you and me, yes. I do believe it. I do want to celebrate it. I do want to act on it. But I'm not going to call it the golden rule. Why? Because every religion in the world has some form of, and they call it the golden rule. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to talk about, from the spirit of Jesus Christ, loving others. Loving others rule. <laughs> Something. I just don't have a name for it, really. But I'm not going to call it the golden rule. But Jesus said this. He said, So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. This is a command. It's very similar to the great command. That you're to love the Lord your God and love your neighbor yourself. And he said that all of the law and the prophets hang on that. Well, now for this loving others rule. He's saying this sums up the law and the prophets. In other words, this is basic to being Christ-like. <laughs> it's basic to being the truth and being part of the truth of God. And then the night before he was crucified, remember, he washed their feet. He served them. Here's Jesus Christ kneeling before them, cleaning their feet. And what does he say? Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also must wash one another's feet. Is that a command? Yes. Now, do you wash each other's feet? No. <laughs> but what does it mean? It means that you're to humbly bow before your brothers and sisters and your neighbors and other people and serve them with whatever they need. So now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you, what? Do them. Remember, this is action. This is not spectator. This is not just looking on. This is not just sitting on the bench and sitting on the sideline. This is something that we are to do. We're to serve one another. Then, 
in the 15th chapter of John. He's still the night before he's crucified. He says something so powerful, and it is a command. He says, remain in me, and I will remain in you. Remain in me. He didn't say, will you? He didn't say, maybe. He didn't say, it'd be a good idea to. He said, remain in me. That is a declaration of his command, of his leadership to you and me. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me you can do nothing. The command brings results when we act on it. (laughs) If we don't act on it, Nothing remain in me. In the Sermon on the Mount, he says, enter the narrow gate. That is a command. Go through the narrow gate. He didn't say maybe again. He says, enter the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But the, but the small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Jesus Christ is saying to you and me as disciples that we are to enter the narrow gate. We're to follow him right into the gate that he opens up for us. And yes, it is narrow. Yes, it is hard to get there. Now, these are commands from Jesus Christ. Are you willing to act on them? One final statement that I'm going to mention to you, and then we're going to hear from some of our youth, I guess. I don't see anybody here. Are they coming, Scott? (laughs) I hope so, too, because I am cutting this short just for them. But listen, all of this is a part of us being a disciple. That's what I'm saying to you. We can't do it unless we follow and act on the commands. And the summation is this verse of scripture right here. Jesus said to his disciples. Jesus continues to say to his disciples. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now think about that for just a moment before we conclude. If anyone is going to be a part of Jesus' life, if anyone is going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, he is to take up his or her cross and follow him. And then he he says this, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Now, it's your choice. It's my choice. Do you want life and all of its fullness? Do you want life eternal? Do you want life in service? Do you want life in the kingdom of God? Do you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? I hope so. Please think. Please act. Please, please don't just be a spectator. I'm sorry. For me... It's not even fun to be a spectator as far as this is concerned. It is rich 
and it is a blessing to be a part of the game, a part of the war, a part of the fight, a part of the joy, a part of the blessings that come when we act the way Jesus wants us to. God bless you as disciples.